Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to the Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. (laughs) You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. (laughs) Welcome to the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guests. And today my guest is Amy Kaiser, who specializes in pelvic health. Hi, Amy. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. So we met through a mutual friend uh, because you had posted your 12 tips for pelvic health uh, on a board. And I immediately just messaged you and said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Because I am always curious about pelvic health. And obviously, pelvic health and sex are very tightly related. Right. And... So I had to, to get you on my podcast. So tell me a little bit about you and what you do. A little bit about me. I am a mom of three kids. I've owned my own business for six years. And I'm kind of right in the thick of it because two of them are in puberty. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a learning experience for me. You have to go it, back and watch my, listen to my first episode, How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, they're both so different too, you know, so I'm, I'm muddling through. I'm doing better than my parents did. I can say that. (laughs) God, I hope almost all of us do better than our parents did. Right. So I actually started out in nursing while I was, while I was a nurse, um, I had just in my personal life, I had become very depressed and had anxiety. So I sought meditation and energy healing for that. And then once I did that, I feel like I totally healed myself from the anxiety and depression that I was experiencing at that time. And then that kind of led me to, you know, I wanted to do something more natural and actually help people heal instead of just giving um, people medication after medication after medication that were probably interacting with each other, you know, all of my nursing was in nursing homes. So that's a whole nother ball of wax when it comes to medication. And I just wanted to actually help people. So I checked into massage therapy, decided to do it, worked perfectly, uh, started my own business, got a divorce, moved on. Then two years ago, I special started specializing, um, two and a half years ago, I started specializing in pelvic health. And I actually just saw a article in massage magazine um and this woman was teaching people how to do a visceral manipulation which is very very deep work where we're into the organs the tissues but everything is external i don't do anything internal and that has a lot of it definitely helps with sexual health because one of the huge promoters or one of the huge reasons why visceral manipulation is so amazing and so transformative is because we are aligning organs for proper blood flow. 
because if you're not a proper blood flow, your organs are not going to work properly. We also work with the fascia. We work with hormones. Both can have huge um, implications when it comes to sexual health. I also work on an energetic level with all of my clients. So if they have emotional trauma or sexual trauma, we can help them release that through energy work and they don't have to relive it. And then they can go on to, you know, maybe, maybe they don't have the incontinence they had. Maybe they don't, maybe they can have a more enjoyable, you know, sexual experience with their partner. I mean, the healing capabilities really are endless and actually kind of depend upon the belief system of the client and how open they're going to be to it. So what's some of the things that are on your 12 lists that's, that, that is important for uh, pelvic health? You have to move. I tell people all the time. We are in a very sedentary world. Most of us sit a lot, whether for our job or, or not for our job. We're just- We're lazy. And right now there isn't a ton to do in most places. So I tell people that we really have to move. So some fun ways to move are hula hooping and belly dance. Because energetically you're very focused on the upper abdominals, lower abdominals, and the pelvic area. You're engaging your core and you're engaging your pelvic floor, which right. increases blood flow. And also with me personally, I found an awesome community of belly dancers and belly dancing was not created for the enjoyment um, or pleasure of men. It was created for women. And women would do this as a ritual for fertility and to prep for childbirth and also to tell story. So generations would all be together and they would dance for, for one another. So when you have a community of women who are not judging you, who you can be sensual around and sexual around and you're moving your body and they tell you in belly dance, you don't wanna hold anything, you wanna let it all go. So everything is supposed to jiggle. Nothing is supposed to be like flexed. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you want your ass to move and you want your belly, like everything, all of the curves you have, let it go. That and just it sounds so like me getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> it's all just <laughs> I know, I've definitely felt like a beached whale once or twice. <laughs> It was like the worst is right before I get my period and my boobs are super heavy and then I get out of bed and then they follow me and it's like, boom, 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 boom. You're like, ow. Yes, yes, definitely. But that's oh, so great. You I know? used to love hula hooping. Absolutely, do it. But now yeah. I go out where I'm supposed to go in so it doesn't, it doesn't, I just go like this and it's on the ground again. <laughs> you should try spinning it the other direction. Really? Just give it a whirl, see if it works. It worked for me. Because we have a bunch. We just did a 4th of July party last week. And so we had, we have a bunch of, we did a hula hoop contest. And um, my youngest, who has won every hula hoop contest since the beginning of time, actually did not win this one. Oh. I was kind of bummed. But also I didn't want to give her the prize. I had bought it for other people. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to, but I had, it was her and one other friend and I had to make them do two hoops. And the two hoops were of two different sizes. So yeah, that was significantly harder. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. 
but it was fun to watch. So I'm guessing, well, we said hula hoop, but I, I, you know what? It never even occurred to me that hula hoop and hula dancing, that's probably where it got the name because it's all the hips. Right. Yeah. And Native Americans have been using hula hoops in their dance for centuries. I mean, this isn't like a new thing, you know? And when you, when you go back to those times where the, your caregivers were shamans and were healers, they were just more connected to the universe. So they knew things that helped people automatically, right. you know, because they were just given that divine um, knowledge. And we have just forgotten it all. So we're, I'm just trying to bring it back. Well, I've recently been reading all the Outlander series and, you know, it's very based back in, you know, 200 years ago. And when I look at what they're eating and what they're doing and what medications they're taking and what um, na things naturally in the earth that are beneficial. And mm -hmm. I think to myself, there became a part where we are so unattached from the earth Right. Like even catching our own meats and butchering our own meat and, you know, taking care and growing our own food. We are right. so unattached from the earth that we are on. And right. I'm looking at this and I'm like, yeah, but I, don't, I mean, I don't think I want to go back to that. <laughs> but can you imagine, you know, like going back in time 200 years and then taking what you know now and go and how, you know, like, I know it's just a book, but you know, even to just think what it would be like to all of a sudden be like, yeah, there's, there's no hot baths, you know? Um, it just seems to me that they would be cold all the time or hot <laughs> all the time. You know, it's like, there's no heating, there's no air, there's no way to move the wind. There's no yeah. bug spray. <laughs> and well, I always just thought to myself, the bugs must just not have been that bad back then, or they would have figured it out. And then I'm like, no, they just, fucking suffered that's what they did <laughs> yeah well but also i mean i th i think part of it is that um you know we we think we have a completely different frame of mind like we can't grasp even the way people live back then because um there are there are natural things in our bodies that our body can produce to fend off these types of things or certainly there's just plants that you can rub on your skin to fend off bugs. But a huge part of that is our pheromones don't come through anymore. And I would think with your work that you totally know about pheromones, right? Yeah. But we cover ourselves up with pretty smelling shampoos and lotions and hairsprays and perfumes and our true mate can't find us. And I really think that is honestly a huge part of the divorce rate because we can't smell each other. We can't smell our pheromones. You know, and well, I think that's why well, I think that's why a lot of people wind up hooking up in bars because they're sweating and and their you know their pheromones are out there. But it's also I think one of the reasons why other cultures are more sexual than our culture uh, because they don't shower as frequently. Like yep. you know, people in Europe. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but I remember when I was growing up, people people would be like, oh, the French are dirty. They don't shower every day. And like, and I, and I think this is like, I don't shower every day. I mean, I will happily go out and tell the whole world I'm, I'm on a good week, I'll shower twice a week. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do anything that requires me to do. I mean, I don't right. do anything. Right. I don't, I'm not at the gym. I'm not working out. I don't have a sweaty job. I just, plus I just don't like it. 
<laughs> Stop. I'm it bored. Skin. Huh? It dries your skin. It dries your skin. And everybody is always telling me how great my skin is all the time. Everybody. My, oh my God, your skin is so great. Your skin is great. You know why? Because I don't fucking shower every day. Yeah. I don't destroy, oh, your hair is so, you know why? Because I only wash it like once a week, shampoo. Like I get it wet, but I'm not constantly stripping off the oils off my, it bugs people like crazy that I don't wash my face. I hear, I mean, like people, like when they're talking about makeup, like, what do you do to wash your face? I'm like, I don't. When I'm in the shower, I take a rough washcloth and I, when I'm in the shower, so we're talking twice a week, uh, I take a rough washcloth and I use water and I just kind of exfoliate. Yeah. And, I, and then people will be like, oh my God, you should do this, you should do this, you do this. And I'm like, well, didn't you just tell me my skin was amazing? Didn't you just tell exactly. me that I don't look my age? So how about if I just keep doing what I'm doing and not fuck with it? Right. So I'm, I'm well known for not looking my age. Actually, it's my favorite thing. Sometimes when I'm at parties, we've got this product that I really talk about and, and then I'll, and I'll say, and I use this every day on my face. Uh, and I don't think I look my age. And then I'll say I'm 52 and people go, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. I would have never guessed 52. Yeah, we're on Zoom, and I've got the thing on where it makes your face look better. Oh, I need to get that. Well, <laughs> I just a- tell everybody that my wrinkles are filled out with a little bit of chub, so that's why I stay thick, because if I get thin, then I'll just be wrinkly. See, I've been <laughs> saying that for years. I say, you know, other people, they go out and they get collagen injections. Whenever I see a wrinkle, I just eat a sandwich, pop that sucker right back out again. Right? <laughs> Exactly. As soon as I start to lose weight, I start looking like Skeletor. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So hold on. I'll do my, I'm going to turn off, touch up my appearance. Look at my lines on the top. They're just, see how it smooth, smooths it out? I guess you can see a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Huh. Makes me feel good when I'm doing a Zoom call. It's touch up my appearance. It's called on Zoom. For those of you who ever use Zoom out there, on Zoom, if you go under videos, under the video settings, there's a little button you can push that says touch up my appearance and it just takes out the fine lines and wrinkles. <laughs> well, I never knew that. Things, yeah. things you learn every day. Something new. No. So that's fun. Um, all right, let's get back to talking about sex. Yeah. Because that's why we're here. Right. Although it was fun to bring out that joke. I haven't used that one in a while because it doesn't fit into my stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't, but it's funny because anytime somebody goes, God, your skin is so smooth. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm fat. Every time I see a wrinkle, I just eat a sandwich. And I don't wash my hands. Or I don't wash my face. Don't wash your face and just eat carbs. You'll be fine. Right. Well, I also almost rarely ever wear makeup too. So I think that helps. I noticed a long time ago, like 15 years ago, I had my, my makeup professionally done. And as soon as she did my makeup, I could see every single wrinkle on my face. But without it, you couldn't. But once the, the powder just went right into it. And so I was on my way to do an event. And I actually took a, um, just a dry tissue. And I just rubbed it off the corners of my eyes on both sides. So I had no makeup on the corners of my eyes. And then the wrinkling went away. I was like, I don't need this shit in my life. Yeah, I'm not a huge makeup person either. I mean, it's obviously completely fine if you are i just i just don't want to take the time to do it quite frankly yeah i'm lazy and then also i'm like well if you don't like the way i look then i mean you're not having sex with me my husband doesn't no, care all this contouring it's like makeup 
the contouring. And men's yes. beard, right? Yes. Oh my God. You get a, a guy and, and have you seen like, there's a thing where it's like guys before and after with their beards yeah. before. And, and it's like, well, that makes it, that's the beard is a well-tamed beard is now the push-up bra of men's Absolutely. faces. It changes. Like if you ever shave, man, you're going to be so single. Yeah. <laughs> my, my husband can go with or without a beard. And the funny thing is he can have a full beard in two days. So uh -huh. everybody's like, well, how long has it been since you shaved? He's like, oh, like two days. And everybody's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm married to a mountain man. That's awesome. But I do prefer if he's going to have it, that it's a little tightened up. But I do like a nice bearded face. I know. It's like, I really do think that for me personally, I've been single for almost five years. And I mean, just mean that I haven't been in a relationship. You know, I've gone out, I've dated, whatever. But um, I am, you know, I'm, I'm just used to doing everything on my own. And I feel like even more, I'm drawn to incredibly like, like hairy bearded, big, tall, masculine guys. Cause I'm like, someone please come in and take some of this load off, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The, uh, the feminine in me just wants to come out so badly, but I don't have a masculine person to kind of take the load. I do when I don't club obviously very often, but you know, every now and then I'll go with my daughters or with some friends and I'll see the, the, the guys and they look like they're lumberjacks and and they've got their beards and, you know the hipsters and I'm like yeah you guys are so cute but then but I have skinny can jeans you change on the I oil can't in my car can you cut down a tree can you start yeah. a fire <laughs> yeah or they look like that and they have skinny jeans on I just can't take a man seriously if he's wearing <laughs> skinny jeans unless they're skinny you know if they're just yeah. skinny little dudes, like, I mean, I, I like me a good emo singer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but only, to, you know, only to look at. I wouldn't want to date somebody like that. Yeah. But also it doesn't fit. Like, I'm 52, so it doesn't fit. You can, right. you, got, you guys will have your girls. Just, I just You'll probably find a 50-year-old with a man bun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't hate the man bun. I really I don't. don't. Either. I, I, think it's, I don't either. I think but it's, it's got to be done right. <laughs> right. No, I was born in the wrong generation. I always feel like that too. Or maybe it's a kickback to, our, to my generation because there was a lot of guys with long hair in my generation. But I do like a man bun. Yeah. Mm. That's going to go in the flick file for later. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were going to talk about sex again. What happened? Oh, yeah, we were going to talk about sex. <laughs> So, sex as far as my profession or just in general? Um, wait, I mean, hey, do you got any funny sex stories? Oh, my God. I have some really, I have, they're kind of funny, but they could be traumatic depending on how you look at them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, I, well, oh, my gosh, one time, this, so, so if you do it right, if you're, if you're a lucky fella, you know, I squirt. And I think, I think that a lot of guys like that, but there's some mechanics involved. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's a really good thing for people to know anatomy. Right. <laughs> anyway, right. a guy that I was with clearly had never had that happen to him before. And he was so grossed out. Oh, he was so grossed out and he was like, Oh my God. And, but then he wanted to keep going. I'm like, no, it's time for you to leave. I literally kicked him out. Like, I mean, I'm staying there, you know? 
spread eagle, like getting it on. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, time for you to go. That was a really, I mean, it wasn't funny in the moment, but after I looked back, I was like, that poor guy. Yeah. You know, he yeah. had no idea that he did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wonder if that's what it's like the first time they masturbate and something comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh, what happened? I know. You didn't used to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I never did that before. Oh, poor <laughs> little guys. Aw. I have sad. lots of funny sex stories, probably. I don't think I have too many that are funny. I just, I have one that's just a bad sex story, and and I still feel bad, but it's still funny to me. And and it, it goes with the message, guys, read the room. Right? Yeah. <laughs> read the room. And um, so I was with this guy that I'd been flirting with for a couple days at the bar. And so we decided to leave the bar and go back to his house. And I have always been real good at knowing how to take care of myself. So right. I can also use you in such a way that I'm going to get mine anyway. Right. Right. I can figure it out. I used to call it the art of the dry hump. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what you're doing. Eventually I'll be able to get off. So I do get off fairly quickly. Now this is back when I was <sighs> 21. Okay. All right. Just barely 21. And so I get off fairly quickly. And then this guy just keeps going and going and going and going and changing positions and moving. Th and, and I am giving him all the indications that I am completed. Please be done. And he is not getting it. And so finally, I was just like, get off of me this is the worst sex I've ever had. And I got up yeah. and I put my pants on and I left. And I was just like, yeah. And he might've been the perfect partner for somebody else, but like I had wrapped up my session. And so <laughs> it was time for him to wrap up his session and, or bring me back in. But he was right. not paying attention. No, so. he was just laying it down. He probably thought he looked like a porn star. Yeah. Well, he, that's again, when we get back to what we were talking about before the podcast started. Yeah. He probably was, but read the room. If your partner yeah. is like, I, I tell people at the comedy shows, the way you train a guy is starfish like, or, or fainting goat. After you have your orgasm, just be like, ah! and be done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Or, um, you know, when they're, when they're going down and you, you, they're like all over the place. I do, I do the same. It's starfish. Like when he's getting super close, you're like, Oh, Oh, Oh. He gets over the other side, starfish. <laughs> Until he comes back the other way. When he's coming back, he's like, oh, 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 and then starfish. <laughs> like, if they're not, it's just like, it's clicker training for your clitoris. <laughs> like, you just yeah. let them know when they're getting closer. But exactly. don't, don't keep encouraging him if he's, you know, like, colder, colder, colder. That's my armpit. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I've had it. And I'm sure that, you know, other women have too, where, you know, the foreplay is amazing and you're so jazzed for the sex because everything you've done up until that point is phenomenal. And then you're like, really? Okay, this is not good. I mean, that happened to me one time, like huge amounts. And I mean, it was, it was so good up until the actual like, okay, now let's have intercourse. And it was 
<sighs> that poor that poor big man he did not have he was not proportionate we'll just say that and he had no clue what to do with it and i was trying to shift and trying to move and i mean it was it was probably one of the most uncomfortable moments that i ever had with a guy because honestly he just thought that he was doing an amazing job and i was just like in the back of my mind how how can i get out of this like could i telepathically tell someone to call me and you know tell me that my mom died or something you know oh. <laughs> i have got to get out of this and then he actually had driven quite a distance and drank a half a bottle of wine and you know got high as heck so i couldn't have him leave right because right. he couldn't you know drive so then he had to stay overnight it was awful i woke up in the morning and there was no one in bed with me so i'm like cool maybe he left and i come out in my kitchen and i'm looking at my refrigerator and here he is butt-ass naked with his half of his body in my refrigerator like no one around, totally naked with all this like little junk hanging out. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm gonna make you breakfast. I'm like, nope, nope, you're not. Like you need to put on some clothes if you're gonna be in my kitchen cooking, like even underwear. Just, I don't wanna see that anymore. It was not, it was, and then the story went on for a few more hours. We didn't obviously do anything. I was just like, how can I politely remove this man from my home? Yeah. Well, and okay, so let's just go back to how was that really, kind of our fault because we didn't say hey stop this isn't working for me let's try something else we're just like what the fuck are you doing right? well and, and i actually yeah i actually did a couple of times you know try to redirect um but yeah i never i never spoke to him again after that because i don't think that he was in the frame of mind to even take cues at that point right he was just like, oh yeah, she wants us so bad, you know? And I was like, please look, please, please be done soon. <laughs> please be done and pass out. Yeah. I think that we probably all had moments like that. I 100% have had those moments. They were a long time ago, but. Yeah. That's why I'm honestly so grateful that I'm still married and, you know, we're going on 20, well, we just finished our 24th anniversary. So we've been together for 26 years and I, yeah. and I hear about the dating world and I'm just like, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that anymore. <laughs> well, and what I found, I mean, I turned 40 in April. So for me, as I get older, I'm becoming obviously so much more me coming into my own. I'm very comfortable with my body. I'm very comfortable with sharing, you know, what I like, what I don't like. So sex for me now is way more enjoyable, but I've also had sexual trauma in my life and I had to learn how to heal from that so that I could open myself up and trust and really enjoy it. You yeah. know, I've had sexual trauma in my life and the more I do this podcast and the more I'm out in the world, I realize that some of the things that I am thoroughly opposed to probably have to do with being molested as a child. And yeah. I never really like, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm over it and it didn't like when I say it doesn't, it didn't affect all of my life, but it might affect how I feel about certain things. And I might've already mentioned it on a podcast before. Um, there was uh, a gentleman who was dating one of my friend's moms. And one day he took me and my friend and a third friend of ours out on a, uh, just a joyride in his car. Cause how much fun would that be? And I, you know, no idea why our parents thought it was a great idea, 
I don't know if he said he was taking us for ice cream. I don't even remember what happened, but he pulled this car over on the side of the road and it was this big like Impala and it had one of those centers with a little center seat that came down in the middle in the front and he pulled over to the side of the road and then we all gathered around while he masturbated onto the center seat. Like we got to watch him ejaculate and uh, I went home and like my mom, I don't know how my mom knew something was up, but she knew something was up. And so I told her about it. And of course, kid, cops came and he got arrested and all this stuff. And if you ever listen to my comedy, you will, you will see that I'm very much against, I, I don't do oral favors. Uh, we still use condoms after 25 years. It's like anything that has to do with sperm, spunk, whatever. I'm just like, Ooh, I don't want that anywhere near me. And the more wow. I do this podcast, the more I'm starting to realize that that's probably because of the childhood trauma of watching him masturbate on the seat. Right. And, um, but whatever, it's worked out fine in my life. <laughs> but that could also be because you're still having, you know, because you still have those feelings about it. That could be also saying, hey, you haven't dealt with this energetically because that is one, a huge part of my message that I'm trying to get across to people is that if you don't deal with things energetically, they will cause problems eventually, whether you believe it or not, you don't have to believe it. It's still going to cause a problem. No, I went through therapy for all of this. I just realized that the physical part of it is probably like the, I had therapy for all of all, cause that wasn't even the first time I got molested. <laughs> like it was, okay. it was like, I had a sign on my forehead that said, this child feels unloved, touch her. Like, yeah. just, uh, so I had therapy for all of that. But then I just recently just thought about the, maybe the reason I'm so like diametrically opposed to having any spunk on me anywhere is probably because of that. Cause I can't think yeah. of any other reason that it that it would be that like freaked out like it i mean don't freak out it's just not my favorite thing right and luckily i found a partner who's willing to just he's like all right whatever however you want it, it's fine well that's cool get you an acts of service partner yeah yeah <laughs> well and for me i really enjoy that i really enjoy getting oral but i'm not gonna get it unless i don't give it because i mean i think we've all learned that you know oh no 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 i do 68 that's you do me and i'll owe you one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but I mean I just to me in relationship it's, there's got to be reciprocation you know like when I talk when when I talk to people or when guys broach the subject of butt sex this is my response to butt sex you first <laughs> which I like which I like to call you know which I just call butt sex because it's funnier to say to me um you know if you find something we get something that's the exact same size as your penis and I'm going to stick it in your ass. And if you like it, then I'll give it a whirl. And I've never had a guy ever say, sure, I'll try that. So <laughs> it's about reciprocation. And then you have people say, that's not the same thing. I'm like, it's yes, literally it exactly the same thing. No, you know? it's actually better because we don't have a prostate gland and they do. So they'll actually yeah. get something out of it. Right. Yeah. I just, it's just totally no, not it doesn't thing. make you gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. I just, and that's the same thing, you know, you get in relationships or any kind of relationship with a guy and, you know, they always, they always want oral, but they don't want to give it. And I'm like, uh-uh, not going to happen. Reciprocation across the board or it won't happen. See, I haven't found that. I have definitely found, even before I married my husband, uh, the guys who do like oral uh, to perform, they don't 
I, they will do it because they like to do it, not necessarily because they want it back. Um, and then, but that's the same, like, so if I was with a partner who didn't like to go down, I wouldn't insist that he did just, you know, it wouldn't, right. if he's not going to enjoy it. Like my ex-husband did not enjoy it. So we did not. Right. Um, but the last, you know, my husband now and the partner that I had before him, both of them liked to perform and didn't necessarily, it wasn't a deal breaker that I wouldn't do it back. Yeah. So that was cool. But I would never insist. You're like, no, I really want that, but I'm not going to give it back to you. I would never do that. Well, it's, no, I mean, that's why you got to find a per find a partner that's like, okay with that kind of stuff. Because right. I mean, I just, I love giving it. I love, I love oral. I do, but I like to receive it as well. So if it's, if I meet some guy who's like, I'm not going to go down on you. I'm like, well, then I'm not going to go down on you. Right. You know? Cause I, I want the pleasure too, you know? Yeah. I have a whole, if you go, um, if you go to YouTube and you look up, um, well, me, Raylene Taskoski, what one's that one called? Gag reflex. If you go to uh, Raylene Taskoski gag reflex, there's a whole, um, five minutes on how much I just really do not enjoy oral flavors giving. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I just feel like parts of sex can be gross if you want to think about it in those terms and you just, whatever, like if it comes out of you, then just roll with it. You know, if you got to go move to the shower, move to the shower and roll with it some more, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's why I like to talk about sex because everybody likes it differently. And the, the way I like it is not necessarily the way other people like it. And, and that's just, and the more people can just be open about it, the more it's all normal. Right. It is I, all normal. I'm normal. You're normal. Everybody has what yeah. they like, what they don't like. Um, I will say that statistically speaking, people with this, um, when they break up with somebody, the next person they have sex with, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily the next person they have sex with, but the next relationship they're in, they will have better and different kinds of sex with the next person than right. they will with their own, the, the first partner. But that's a comfort level. You just get stuck in a, a, a rut and nobody wants to say, hey, let's get out of this rut because they don't want to hurt each other's feelings. Yeah. Like, and see, for me, I'm the exact opposite. Like I feel the longer you're with somebody, the more open I can be. You know, I mean, t totally. I think that when there are, as for me personally, as I knowing that person, I know that I'm loved. I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm respected. You know, then you can choke me and call you a little, call me your little bitch because <laughs> I know that this is role play and you don't really feel that. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I have been sexually assaulted and I don't want that to prevent you know anything from moving into another relationship and so as long as I know that I'm truly safe and respected I'm gonna do a whole lot more than just some one-nighter I just right. I just I can't get into it that way you know when I do my college talks that's kind of what I want to impress on the girls that um a first-time partner in 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 just a you just met them tonight. A one night stand is literally not, nothing more than using that person as your personal sex toy. Yeah. Like there's no relationship. You might as well just use your vibrator. You'd be better off using your vibrator because at least you know you're going to have an orgasm with your vibrator. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's the, 
I'm, uh, uh, you know, a little bit tipsy. I'm in a club and I really want an orgasm right now. Your body will do. But then the other side of it is because these girls don't know their bodies that well, they are in the mood, they're horny, they're a little bit drunk and they start to have sex. But then what flips on is, am I doing it right? Am I doing yeah. it right? And I had one of my uh, girls that I talked to, she's like, I just want to know if I'm doing it right. Like, am I performing? And I was like, that's not what sex is. Sex isn't supposed to be performing. Right. Like, it's supposed to be about mutual pleasure. And if you're not getting yours, then you did it wrong. Right. <laughs> well, and a huge part of that is, you know, my mother never talked to me about sex. My father certainly didn't. I had to learn as I as I went. So not only did nobody talk to me about sex, no one talked to me about my body, no one talked to me about how it worked. You know, I mean, yeah, you learn basic anatomy and whatever, freshman year or something, but no one talked about it. So, you know, when when you have a woman, and certainly as we age and hormones change, then we have to deal with dryness and sometimes pain and sometimes prolapse. And that's where my work comes in because we can help people regulate their hormones whether they are postmenopausal or not, and we can help you get that sex drive back. You know, and that is, it's so important because so many times, I mean, I've heard older women, especially not knocking it, this is just my experience, Christian women who are like very devoted, it's almost like they're useless after they can't bear children anymore. Like their husband is just spewing his seed on empty ground all the time. And I'm like, that is so ridiculous. Exactly. You know, like just, you know, but also it's, it's also it's the chain, right? Their parents never talked to them. They probably, we've all had some type of inappropriate sexual touching or uncomfortable sexual touching. I believe all women have had that. Pretty much. And so, you know, when, when we get to that point, it's not just like know where your pleasure centers are, but what are your hormones levels at? Because maybe it's painful because you're dry. So how do we get you good lubricant that is pH balance, right? You do. And then how do we get our body to where our body can make its own lubricant? And that's all hormones, ladies, 100% hormones all day long. Yeah. Well, and of course, you know that I sell a very good lubricant that I love and I love to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's odorless, colorless, flavorless, tasteless, pH balanced, non-staining, re-wetting, FDA cleared for use with condoms, uh, gluten-free, <laughs> sugar-free, dairy-free, and no, no points and vegan. Like you cannot get well, What is lube. it made of? Like what's possibly in it? Aloe vera? <laughs> I haven't got the foggiest idea. It's funny because when people ask me that, like, I'm not a chemist, read the bottle, you know as much as yeah, possible. Right. <laughs> but I, but I do know when I've, said before that my husband was using it on me for a year before I realized he was using lubricant on me. And oh. it was because I, um, I was going in, going into menopause and, and I'm doing all these parties and there's all these women and they're saying, yeah, I'm there. And they're all my age. Like I'm having vaginal dryness. And yada, yada. I'm like, I'm not having any of that. What is up with me? Well, then I'm making the bed one day on the, the other stack of this huge monster stack of comic books that my husband has. I find this bottle of lubricant. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I pick it up and it's half empty. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I call him like, why do we have a half empty bottle of lubricant on your side of the bed? And he's just like, because we use it like every time. How did you not know? I was like, oh, well, it's called just like me for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's, you didn't even know. So then didn't, you didn't even, even know. know so 
then I tell people, it's like, listen, I'm telling you, if you use this one, it doesn't feel like, you know, it, it's part of anything. It really just felt just like me. I had no idea, yeah. which was delightful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Definitely. painful sex as you get older. And I once met a woman who at the age of 35 said, um, I think she and her husband were getting divorced. She goes, oh, finally I can stop having sex. Mm -hmm. and I was like, what? What? Right. <laughs> what? What's wrong? Something like something is wrong when that's, you know, when see, when somebody asks me the question, "Am I normal?" That's one where I'm going to be like, "No, it's not normal to just." Well, I mean, you could be asexual. I don't want to throw any, anybody, but. Mm. But also, you know, I mean, the last year and a half of my marriage. We probably had sex twice. I didn't want that dude to touch me. So, I mean, we had, we yeah, made that emotional. Different. You didn't oh. want to have sex with him. It's not yeah. like you didn't want to have an orgasm ever again. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, maybe it, maybe he's part of the problem. I mean, like as far as her situation. Right. You know, maybe he just, I don't know. We're, it's, we can't, I mean, if you can't talk about sex to your partner, then why are you talking about it with anyone else? Like they're the ones you're supposed to be talking about it to, you know? Well, I think there's a discomfort level there. And then, and everybody, I think a lot of people um, internalize it. Like it must be my fault. Yeah. And so, or if you just don't like your partner anymore, then you're not going to talk to them about sex because you don't want to have sex. With For them. sure. For but sure. if you think there's an issue, um, it would be great if I could go back in my life to all of the times that I was feeling um, less than good about myself or less than good about our marriage or less than good about how many times we're having sex and I was just able to say, hey, what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, because what happens is the story I was telling myself was that my partner was not interested in me and he didn't love me and he didn't want to be with me. And there was a short period of time where the only time we had sex was when he drank whiskey that night. And my husband's not a big drinker or anything, but I think it was the only time that he was, he may have been getting from me some pushback and it was the only time that he was comfortable enough to be like, all right, well, let me just say if she'll have sex with me tonight. Right. Yeah. And, and so I was thinking the only time we have sex is when he drinks because he's got a drink to be attracted to me. Right. Which I'm fairly certain, even when I thought it was like, that's stupid, you know? Um, yeah. But the conversation would have been so much easier if I had just, you know, be like, hey, we okay? Well, don't you think it's kind of funny that, like, we can take off our clothes and be totally naked in front of each other and touch, our, touch each other all over the place and lick each other all over the place, but we can't talk about doing those things. Right. And that makes zero sense at all. Yeah. Well, there was and one one position one time, one position that we tried something different. And I was like, holy mother of God, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> but then I couldn't actually say the words to him. Like, hey, that thing that we did, I really like that. Like, it took me like a year and a half before I ever said, I was like, remember that time that we did the thing with the, with the headboard and the whatever? And he's like, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I really, really like that. <laughs> then, well, like, well, I don't know why I didn't say that. All, like the next day, I'm like, let's do that again. <laughs> right. I think, I think that we have this, um, we have almost this sense or this feeling that, you know, women are supposed to be pious and pure and men are supposed to be like these, you know, randy dogs. So when the chick is horny as hell, 
it's almost like a shame and like a self-judgment. Like I shouldn't want this this much, you know, and we want it just as much, you know, as guys do. Yeah. It's just different because, you know, we're kind of more emotional and they're kind of more physical. Right. Cause I was talking with a guy friend of mine and we were talking about fantasies and, and I said, men and women think about fantasies, at least me, I should say, I can't generalize, but I said men and women think about it so differently because all of my fantasies like involve time, you know, like give me a day and we can do normal stuff. But like, let's say we're doing yard work and we go bang behind a tree or maybe we need to do, you know, errands and in between, you know, going to this store and going to that store, we, you know, make out in the backseat of the van. I mean, like fun things like that, you know? So all of my fantasies, yeah, it involves like crazy wild sex and different positions and, you know, banking and hair pulling and all that stuff. But I want the time with it, you know? Yeah, I get that. I think I get that. Um, I just had a girl the other day on one of my, uh, I did a live show and she said, how normal is sexual fantasy when you're with your partner? And I was like, well, if it was just me and you, that I would say a hundred percent of the people sexually fantasize when they're with their partner. <laughs> no. You mean about their partner or like no, about other things? Like when, when you're with your partner, the way you get there is in your head. Oh yeah. 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 But I think nobody talks about it because nobody wants to hurt their partner's feelings. You know? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say to him, Hey, you know what? I'm thinking about being a, a stripper on a pole and turning some guy on for, you know, that's not what I'm, a, you know, that's yeah. what I'm doing in my head. That's not what I'm doing. I don't want to do that. I just want to think about it because it sounds sexy. Also, in every sexual fantasy I ever have, I'm younger and thinner. So these are all past <laughs> fantasies. These are not things that could ever happen. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants a 52-year-old overweight woman on a pole, right? In that I case, I would just have to. They're probably, they're probably I would just more people start than you think. Well, I would start naked and make them uh, pay me to put my clothes back on. <laughs> like, That's a good idea. I would go I around and be like, I'm holding this boob up, but if you don't give me money, I'm going to drop it on your head. You're going to get a welt. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, fellas, check out the C-section scar. I know dudes dick chicks with scars. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a weird, a weird sexual fantasy to have for either side. I don't know. Maybe there's a guy out there sexually yeah. fantasizing about an overweight woman dropping her head on, chopping a boob on his head at a club. Who, who knows? <laughs> they like, they like to watch the jiggle. They like the thickness. They like it. Some guys do. I just, I did. Um, I think I just got lucky in that my partner loves me. And right. when I get overweight, he still loves me. When I lose weight, he still loves me. When I lose weight, he gets jealous and he's a pain in the ass to live with. So then I gain weight again. <laughs> um, and that's good. And that's what yeah. I want for my girls. I want somebody who just loves them the way they are. You know, the middle one's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want that. I want that for everybody. I want Absolutely. everybody to feel comfortable in their relationship with their partners. For sure. So. 100%. And that's why we have to be able to talk about it. You know, right. we have to be able to talk about this with our kids and with our partners and our girlfriends and, you know, our parents and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know why it's such a freaking taboo subject when that's literally how, what well, we have to do that to continue to create life. Like, I don't get why, you know, 
No, I think we talked about it. There's two reasons everything's fucked up. Church and porn. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. One is don't touch and the other one's do everything. Right, all the time. All right, let's say. So I, is there anything else that you think it is imperative that we share? I think that people really need to start researching the connection between any type of sexual dysfunction, physical, or the way you view it. We need to start thinking about it in an energetic standpoint, because if we can heal energetically those first three chakras of the body, which is the root, kind of like your perineum area, the sacral, which is below your belly button, and the solar plexus, which is just right above your belly button, those energy centers, we have to work with them in order to clear ourselves energetically and emotionally and have a healthy physically, sexually, or, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Physically fulfilling sexual life. Yeah. Yeah. The energy aspect is huge. So is that something somebody can do on their own or do they have to go to therapy for that? Well, I... I do anybody who is doing Reiki. So if you're get if you know someone who does Reiki, if you want to look it up, it's R E I K I. So if you want to check that out, um, anybody who's doing that, you can go to them and you can certainly go and get level one. If you have Reiki level one, then you can do it on yourself. Okay. You know, and if you don't feel comfortable, then literally meditate on it, meditate on it. I mean, we all have healing ability within ourselves. We all have spiritual gifts that we can use. We have to be open and we have to grow them. So literally meditate on it. Hold, put your, both of your hands, you know, over, well, I call it my love mound because I have a love (laughs) mound. Put your hands right down there and just talk love into that space and healing into that space and openness into that space. You know, just literally say that if you don't feel comfortable seeking, um, you know, outside of yourself just yet. Or like I said, find someone who, and help heal through that because that heals you on every level throughout all space and time. So if you are somebody who believes in past lives, you can heal a past life wound that might have something to do with your pelvic area, you know? Cool. Well, I wish you looked a little closer to me. I can do virtual. (laughs) Energy is energy. You don't have to be in front of anybody to to do energy healing. I can do it on Zoom. I can do it on a phone call. Well, I was interested about the visceral thing that you said oh yeah that, that you do need would to. have to be but it's weird because like even when I get a massage it's like just rub your hands on my skin don't fucking push don't don't do anything like just yeah. um I really like and then my daughter is like she wants elbows and she wants knees mm-hmm. and she wants to just be and I'm just like I eat yeah. stop pushing on me <laughs> Getting physical pelvic work is also really important, number one, because it's a huge area of the body that is missed in Northern America when it comes to massage. We should really be working that area every massage that we have, and we can work on it ourselves. But it's considered an intimate area, therefore you have this huge space of muscles that's never touched. Right. So if you have, if you have back issues, if you have hip issues, if you have pelvic pain, Um, If you have issues, even like with like breathing issues, if you don't touch the pelvis and the abdomen, you're missing all of those accessory muscles. You've got to touch it. And that's where I have all my pain, my lower back, my hips, my. Find a practitioner who will do pelvic work on you. Yeah. 
All right, so I like to end all of my podcasts with a little trivia. Um, this is from a game called Things I Don't Teach You in School, a crazy mix of fun facts, random trivia, and totally useless knowledge. And so our weird sex question of the week is, uh, let's see, how long does it take before Viagra takes effect? Oh, God. I'm going to say 40 minutes. All right, it's... 30 minutes but if you answer between 25 and 35 minutes you're correct so that's something you have to pre-plan <laughs> it was five minutes off five minutes off i had no idea i mean like we're, we're not at that stage of a relationship but it seems like if you have to wait a half an hour for a 2.8 minute orgasm or 2.8 yeah. minute sex act yeah no thanks and i just want to put a little side note in here that we now have chewable viagra okay and it still takes a woman on average seven to 10 years to get properly diagnosed with endometriosis. So that's where we are in the differences between men and women and their sexual health. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did uh, I actually um, mentioned that on a show earlier and I, I've got to find where it is, but there's did you know that birth control pills, some of them can actually um, ruin your vagina and make oh, sex very painful and very, burning if you're getting painful sex and burning around the entrance to your vagina and you're on a pill you um we've find there's i think it's called the bodies um podcast but there's a whole episode on how the it you've got to get off it you've got right. to get off it yeah find another solution because it's not it's not doing you any any right any good so all right well, it well also cause the dryness too sometimes that's true that's true these well, are artificial hormones so right. you know anytime you ingest an artificial hormone you're throwing your natural cycle off balance so right. if you're going to do that at least find one that works best for you you right. know it's just very frustrating the more I, the more i'm learning the more i'm like what the hell yeah um okay so how can people find you you can go to soulhealingmassage.com. My, I'm going through a rebrand. I'm literally right in the middle of a rebrand. And my, the, my business name is Soul Healing Bodywork and Wellness Center. So if you search that on, if you search that on Facebook, you'll find it. Um, on Instagram, it's Soul Healing Bodywork. The, my podcast that's going to be launching August 5th. Um, that is called Women's Pelvis Wellness, and there is also a group on Facebook by the same name that you can request to join, and we talk about all things pelvis, regardless of age, regardless of experience. I mean, maybe you have ovarian cancer. Maybe you're trying to get pregnant. Maybe you have a uterine prolapse. Maybe you just had a C-section. So it's everything to do with female pelvis. So you can find me on Instagram at standup comedy sex ed. You can also find me at standup comedy sex ed and RaylenTaskowski.com. I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast so you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally let us know what you think of this episode and any other episode. So search standup comedy sex ed podcast on Facebook. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and leave a comment so that we can start getting stand -up, the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast listed a little bit higher uh, in the Apple iTunes podcast list. Uh, thanks so much for coming and talking to me, Amy. 
Uh, have a great rest of the day and I'm looking forward to hearing your podcast when it comes out. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye.